0: Hey guys, it's Katie and Mandy. Welcome to the Dirty Britches Minisode. Hi everybody, we are back for our second mini-sode and we're going to kind of Break from a not even tradition yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's true.
1: I think this, these mini stones are just going to be our like collections of thoughts that don't fit into whatever we're talking about every week, right. just to but that we need to talk about right through. now. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like the dirty britches involved in current events somehow. Like yes. sometimes they will be specific women. Sometimes it will just be like, oh, this phenomenon is awful and stupid, and we need to stop doing it. And this thing just happened. And it reminds us that we should think about it and do better.
0: Yeah. But this one was inspired by a particular woman. Um, and then we're going to go off into some tangents. So, Katie, do you want to uh, introduce what we're sure. doing?
1: So I texted Mandy earlier this week because I had just gotten done watching Rachel Lindsay, the first black bachelorette on the ABC like. 97 seasons of The Bachelorette and The Bachelor. Um, I have watched this show. I occasionally still do watch this show. I have derived a lot of pleasure from watching it with my friends. I also think it is, you know, super problematic and not alone so in that. In so many ways. In so, so many, many ways. <laughs> yes. So um Rachel Lindsay was the first Black Bachelorette and she was interviewing Chris Harrison. Who's the host of the show about this scandal that had just erupted? So right now, Matt James, this I can't believe I'm even getting into it. And I am embarrassed the depths of my knowledge of how deep <laughs> I could go. But Matt James is um the first
0: black bachelor. Yeah. In 25 seasons.
1: Yes. 25 seasons. Correct. And Ugh. he is seems like a lovely man. And um the cast is much more diverse this season than it has been in the past, but Yeah, there's still lots of problems. Anyway, the the, one of the front runners is this woman, Rachel Kirkconnell. I think I'm saying her name right, who is in her mid 20s. And she's I think she's from Georgia and she's a white woman. And, um, you know, clearly they have hit it off. And so she's a contender for the crown of the (laughs) bachelor's heart.
0: We'll get and, to that whole problem. I mean we can part, talk about like, it later. Just Whatever. the entire series. There's
1: so much. It's I mean, again, I am not proud to say that I know a lot
0: about this. I show. watched it, I have to say. I mean not for a long long time, but yes, I mean I don't know how many people in this country haven't watched at least one episode.
1: It's a thing. So, so <laughs> these photos surfaced of her in 2018 when she was in college. That she was, I think, in a sorority, and she attended Mm -hmm. this Old South Ball, which is Mm -hmm. a plantation-themed formal. And if you look at the pictures, it's like, you know, plantation fashion. Yeah, plus, like, Spencer's gifts. Like, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of, like boobs happening so like cleavage which god bless it I love some cleavage but come on so it it is like one of the things we can talk about and I know Mandy when I texted you I think this is what got you fired up about it was just the existence of plantation themed. Old oh, South gosh. balls. And we actually have plans to talk about the history of sororities mm-hmm. and the white supremacy that is the history of sororities um, on our giant list of topics to get to whenever we get done with women's suffrage. <laughs> but um, the that is absolutely one tack to take. Of course, there's also the the watching Chris Harrison defend it. Would, if anyone wants to watch it and just Feel like they need rage to fuel them to work out today. Watch Rachel Lindsay interview Chris Harrison. It is a master class in douchebaggery and how to focus on all the wrong things and point your anger and frustration towards all the wrong people. Um, it's, it's, I mean, my, I do,
0: it's my I- favorite part was. When- <laughs> when uh she was calling him out about whatever part of it and he was like yeah, yeah i get it i mean it's not a good look in 2021 but i mean this was 2018 i'm uh,
1: right
0: right three, three years ago
1: long we didn't know we were such babes in the woods i mean we
0: I- had no idea That glorifying slavery America time periods was bad three years ago. Who can say, Mandy?
1: I mean, really? And he kept referencing the woke police. I mean, it it is just all it's it's so, so, so bad there on Twitter. There were people commenting like, oh, it's funny. This is the excuse he's used all these other times. Like, oh, those comments that contestant made were in 2015. Like at some point that falls short. Also, as if anyone listening to our podcast knows People in you know 1619 knew it was wrong, and we're talking about it and expressing that. And so this is not you know a new thing to understand. Anyway, there's so literally we could go 15 different directions with this about where whiteness and white womanness is showing up in this story. But I, I there were two things. So, Mandy, you wanted to talk about one piece of it, and I wanted to talk about another piece of it, yeah. just through this lens of white womanness yeah is bad
0: yes um so one of the things that came up looking at this is called these parties are called antebellum parties which antebellum just refers to the time before the civil war in this circumstance anyway um and i think most people are probably aware of have heard of the band that was formerly called lady antebellum mm-hmm. they just changed their name in june of 2020 this year um after the whole George Floyd thing, but Katie had sent me a link from Ms. Magazine. And this was written by a black woman in 2010. So 10 years before they changed their name, someone had already written about this. Um, they, I think their inception as a band was 2006. So this was early into it. So the part that she wrote that I really liked, um, I'm going to read the reason I like it is because thinking of this, it's like the whole idea that white people can get away with glorifying times that were good for us, but we forget that they sucked and were horrific for so many other people. And it harkens back to the whole, um, Slogan of make America great again and why that is so problematic. I think because it's like make America great again for who Mm -hmm. like, this is what we forget. Who was it great for? And what were the people that were getting screwed in this time? Yes. So I
1: I mean, this, this is going to take us down another rabbit hole, but I also don't want to make it sound like, like white people who own slaves, like, yes, they are who owned people who enslaved people that, but, they are profiting from that. But I cannot imagine that is good for someone's humanity. That's not good for someone's soul. So I think sometimes white people romanticize these periods that, or these moments or structures or whatever, that I think like, actually, even if you think you're benefiting from it, you're, you're not in many ways, like, Definitely in a different way and definitely to different degrees than the people who are enslaved, of course. But it's the, you know, it's the same way as, oh, the God, this is opening a huge can of worms, but like (laughs) the death penalty. I don't want the death penalty for so many reasons, but one is that I don't want it to be anyone's job to execute people on my behalf. Like that is just got to be a job that sucks. The life out of you. Right. That no is probably what. the worst turn of phrase I could possibly have chosen oh, to describe that. For fuck's sake! <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what? Here I will just pause and say I have surgery scheduled for this morning. I have what the medical community calls googly eyes. It is where I have a stabismus in my eye, and it's getting adjusted today. So I have not eaten anything. Okay, I haven't had anything sugar. to drink. I I like. I'm impressed. I'm sitting up right now. Our pipes froze this morning. It has been a day. So Mm -hmm. apologies, apologies. My point is just to say that these systems are not, you know, I don't think anybody benefits from oppressive systems just in different ways. So to your point, though, white people, certain white people like to glorify the old South. And these antebellum is the term used for that.
0: Yes. And this woman, um, what she said that I really liked was, Yet mention the antebellum South or the Confederacy, and some Americans grow starry-eyed. No one thinks of the more than 10 million enslaved Africans who died in the Middle Passage, or on some plantation or small farm. No one thinks of the people who were denied their freedom and humanity so that the Southern economy could rise, and all those Rets and Scarlets could sit in their fine houses, showing off their fancy clothes and manners. That America forgets my ancestors— while longing for the glory days of their, that their enslavement made possible is offensive. Mm -hmm. And this woman's name is Tammy Winfrey Harris. I just wanted to give her credit, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, this is the problem with this mindset when we don't think any further than I just get to put on a, pretty fluffy dress and go like get drunk and hang out with my sorority sisters like no Mm -hmm. there are meanings behind this and there's no excuses to look past those anymore so um that was my take on it there never were. Right. Yes. Yeah. That, I right. Think there never were. You're right.
1: Well, we will for sure put a pin in this because the, like we said, the history of sororities is pretty mm-hmm. gross. And so there's a lot, a lot going on there, but I really appreciated that because the, yeah, if you look at the pictures, if you look at this, um, and, and Rachel Kirkconnell has since issued an apology. I, I mean, again, we're going to focus on different pieces of this, but just the existence of these parties right now is so gross. Um, the piece that really resonated with me, it reminded me. So listening to Rachel Lindsay interview Chris Harrison and just thinking about this, he was he was saying, like, we shouldn't hold people to account for when they were younger and ignorant or naive. And, you know, that was just people being young. And when you grow up, you, you learn to do better. That was one of his many really terrible arguments. And it reminded me of this article I read a couple years ago that I still can't believe that I found combing through old Facebook posts, but it was written by Jennifer Harvey in 2019. She is a professor at Drake university in Des Moines and wrote a book called raising white kids. That's fantastic Mm. about how to raise white kids in an anti-racist way. Um, And she was writing about this incident. Long story short, it was this guy who ended up raising money for a children's hospital. And it was this like feel good story. And then a reporter dug up racist tweets that, that, College student had tweeted, and then people got upset, like "Oh, you're the woke police!" And then people looked at that reporter's tweet history, and they found racism. It was just a mess. So racism is everywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, what I really appreciated in that moment, and why I why it made me think of this debacle, like, "Oh, here's a white girl who did something a few years ago that people are calling her out for," and then Q The predictable debates like cancel culture is horrible or what? Like, it's just you're going to hear all the same stuff. And Mm so this article I really appreciated because she's basically reframing it completely. And she's saying that the problem is that we even think there needs to be a pass for white kids that we don't think that is fucked up. Mm -hmm. That white kids have this like racist phase. And I I, I actually was for, for a research project I was doing last summer, I was researching some high school students and some like racism in high school and, and students of color were in a focus group and were communicating to about their frustrations and what they, you know, are working against. And one of the students said, I'm so sick of people acknowledging that there's this racist phase that white kids are going to go through. She's like, I'm a teenager. I know that this is stupid. Like, why can't they figure it out? And it,
0: well, and how many black kids or other kids of color get passes for stupid things they do when they're kids, they don't get passes ever. They're tried as adults for every action that they make, whether it's in the court system or in just the minds of people who are around them. Like there's never a pass for them.
1: Yeah. You were, no grace for them, and that's been yeah. a lot of the yeah. backlash against this bachelorette situation. Was all of the women of color, many of them who've been on the show, said, "Where's the grace for me?" Like people are yeah. asking for grace for this white girl who wore plantation cosplay. You know, like that's yeah. gro- like, "Where's the grace for me?" Or "Where's the understanding for me?" Anyway, okay. So Jen Harvey writes. Um, she says inversions of the sentiment. I wouldn't want to have to own up to what I did at 16. Adults are telling young people, we believe teen racism is natural and normal. What a depressing, low expectation way to write off white youth. It's even more depressing because we have to admit racism shows up in white youth because we white adults, not just parents, but teachers, coaches, clergy, all of us have largely abdicated responsibility for actively choosing to engage and mentor them in anti-racist growth and development. White youth deserve so much better for us. She goes on to say, um, That most white families practice versions of white silence. This might look like colorblindness, vague teachings about equality, or saccharine nods to celebrating people's differences. All these messages are ambiguous at best. None are proxies for teaching white youth how to live anti-racism in meaningful public ways. Um, And she talks about how white silence pervasive even among those of us who believe abstractly or or wholeheartedly in equity, fairness and justice has therefore done its work. It's we white adults who are collectively responsible for the outcomes showing up in these next generations. And she's saying this, none of this is to say that this kid shouldn't have been responsible that she's writing about, or in this case, you know, like accountability still matters, but she's saying we're, we're, we need to have this other conversation she says, the question is not whether someone should be accountable now for something that they did five years ago. It's about why white 16-year-olds act the way they so often do. It's about how white adults are and are not taking responsibility for that. So as a parent, as an educator, when I heard the story of Rachel McConnell and this like latest scandal, and there will be another one, I'm sure, next week. It's like these uh, this phenomenon of like, oh, this person did something like. Think about the politicians who have been caught out for wearing blackface, like this stuff that's just pukey, like it's so obviously wrong. But I I think this this part of it that Jennifer Harvey is pointing to is something you rarely hear in media coverage or you rarely hear getting talked about, which is why do we have such ignorant young people? Why? What is happening in our families, in our schools, in our communities where we aren't helping our white young people? be less stupid. I mean, that it's just embarrassing that it's this predictable. So I, I well, think, and I'm it's really part of talk-
0: why I hate the whole phrase. Um, when people say, I don't see color I mean, that just reminds me of that. The white silence also reminds me of this Mm -hmm. whole claim of white colorblindness. First of all, it's bullshit. It's just not true. Second of all, how harmful would it be if it would be true? I heard somebody Mm -hmm. say, like a person of color, unfortunately, can't remember what context I heard it, but they said, if you say that you don't see color, that means you don't see me. You don't see the oppressions that I face because of my color. It means that you deny that those things are there. And when we deny that, that just leads to more and more problems. Like we should see people and we should see the things that they have to face because of their color, because of their socioeconomic status, because of their gender, because of their, you know, all sorts of things. We need to see people and not act like there's a colorblindness and not be silent towards it because these are the kinds of problems it leads to.
1: Well, and to that point is when, when, you know, the other takeaway for me is it's not that we don't need to talk about, you know, how people need to be accountable or what constitutes a really sincere good apology. I think those are all Mm -hmm. important things to talk about. But the bigger, deeper problem is that we're just churning out white kids that don't get it over and over and over and over again so that in 2018, There's Mm -hmm. someone in a party. I'm sure 2021, there's something happening today that in three years, someone's going to look back and say, well, oh, my goodness, I just didn't know. Well, Mm -hmm. fuck that. It is Mm -hmm. ridiculous that especially when we're looking at this history, you know, in 19th century era pamphlet time pamphlets were available people could <laughs> read them they knew like yeah. we it have an embarrassment of riches in terms of access to information that we continue to graduate that we continue to produce white children that don't understand is the problem that i don't think gets talked about enough so the next time cancel culture comes up or whatever like just Maybe introduce this other piece of it into the conversation. And for those of you who are parents, like I said, I'm a parent. Mandy's a parent. Um, education is my business that, that I have to think this is our responsibility. We cannot produce white kids who would go to plantation theme parties. Let's stop yeah. doing that yep. as, moms, stop as it. educators, whoever we are. All right, I'm going to go get this surgery, hopefully get nourished and not pass out before it happens. Um, (laughs) Thanks for everybody listening. Uh, We appreciate you so much and we hope you all have a good week. Stay warm. Okay, Bye.
0: bye.